coming up on One Day at a Time, also known as Oh, dad. I needed to people to really see who Janinsa was since she was young. This girl that loves to get dressed, loves to celebrate life, loves to dress up like it's her birthday each and every day. Like I needed the world to see that. And I wanted to prove that because you're a mom, because you are a certain age, you don't get right off. You don't get, there's no reason for no one to write you off because you're a mom. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Karina F. Daves. On One Day at a Time, we discuss the essentials and tips for the everyday woman and how to achieve your best life. Not just because you deserve it, but come on now, you were made for more. If you're new to the show, we have conversations with folks that I like to call the true hustlers of the world. Each episode dives into the heart of the guests and provides our listeners with balancing tips, the roadmap to navigating relationships, and demystifies the idea that we're supposed to be perfect. As we continue our series, More Than a Mom, this week we feature the ultimate fashionista, Miss Junisa Bagan, also known as Your Girl Juju. Listen as she takes us through her self-discovery journey of figuring out who she is at her core, starting off college at the age of 21 and graduating on that stage only three weeks after giving birth, y'all. Listen as she shares with us her revelations, her breakthroughs, and even her breakdowns. This series is dedicated to all the mothers who feel like they lost themselves. I'm here to remind you that you are worthy, you are well, you are beautiful, and your dreams and your goals still matter. The spark still lives inside of you. My hope is that through these episodes, something will be revealed to you. I love you, mama. If you're wondering how to start your own goals this year, or even a podcast and just need the guts and a bite-sized plan to get it started, feel free to visit my website at KarinaFDaves.com and contact me there. Or just come to Instagram at my handle, KarinaFDaves, and shoot me a message. And don't forget to rate, review, and share this podcast con todos tus amigos. And now, your girl Juju. Hey, Junisa. Hey, mamas. <laughs> also known as Juju, ¿verdad? Yes, Juju in the house. <laughs> so I love to give all of my guests 10 seconds to share anything they want about themselves. Some people like to share their main roles, what they do for a living. Other people like to share their favorite foods, their favorite dances, whatever you want. You got 10 seconds. You ready? Yes. Okay, go. I am an amazing mom of two amazing boys. I love fashion, love music, and love to dance. And I always just love to be myself with ever I am. I don't care if the president's there, the Pope is there, who's there, you're going to see the true juju. And I think that's one of my biggest thing about me that I'm always my true self wherever. Wow. Your (laughs) true self wherever. I love that. So a lot of people are wondering, you know, about our lives, about what we do, about where we come from. But my first question to you is, Tell me about the first time you fell in love with fashion. I, the first time I fell in love with fashion, I have to say I was about five years old. Wow. Um, watching television shows, especially, uh, well, it was always Spanish. So at that time was Edie Chacon, um, which is a very well-known Spanish artist. And I always love her wearing high heels and the way she moves, of course, Um So I would say from five years old, just watching television shows, especially in the Spanish channel, because that's the only channel we were 
um, able to see in the house because we were just a Spanish speaking household. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not myself because English is my first language, but in my household was Spanish. So everything that the Spanish novelas that used to be in, like intrigued with their clothes, the cars they were driving, you know, the bags that they were wearing. So I w- and music videos. Mm-hmm. Once I got introduced to music videos, forget it. I was like, oh my God, this is me. I used to take my mom's clothes and roll them up to my size, wear her heels always. My mom used to always get upset because I was always walking around in her heels and her clothes. Didn't get into makeup though. That's unto oh. this day. I don't, I don't know. I just did. God didn't sprinkle that one on me, but he sprinkled fashion. <laughs> so I would say since I was five, I really, really enjoy fashion. I really enjoy that you can express yourself wow. through your dressing. Right. So fast forward to when you were able to be independent, right? With fashion, be independent with yourself. Tell me a little bit about your teens and your 20s, where you grew up, what you were doing. What was your mindset like? Like, where were you? Where was your heart stationed? I would say, um, let me bring it to when I was 14. Of course, I always loved fashion, loved to dress, but we never had it. I didn't grow up with a household that had it. My mom was a single mom. And we used to borrow each other's clothes throughout the building. Like we'll knock on people's door. Like, can I get that? You let me your, your, your jeans or that white shirt. And they're like, it's in the hamper. And I'm going to be in transparent. I'm like, screw it. Just give it to me. I'll air fresh it. I, Fabrice wasn't back then, but we used to like shake it off and put perfume or something. And we used to share clothes and people used to think like, Oh my God, this girl got so much clothes. And it was just that we were in the building, just borrowing each other's clothes because you know I love fashion so I used to even take little baby t-shirts and roll them up as crop tops and make it look cute um so my teenagehood um teenage years I really didn't have everything but everyone from the outside thought I did um which sometimes backfired on me because growing up during that era I had girls that didn't like the way I used to go to school dress because I was always like dressed up like if it was my birthday every day because that's the way I live I dress up like it's my birthday every day because life, you got to celebrate life, right? Yes. So I used to have girls in high school that wanted to cut my face, wanted to cut my hair, didn't because the way I used to come dressed, even in my my old neighborhood, I had, you know, problems, but I always kept true to myself. I didn't allow that to intervene to who I was truly, truly was. And I felt like, now, I would say during that time, because I always go back into my childhood, I always go back into my teenagehood. And during that time, I was happy, but at the same time, who wants, you can't be happy when you're constantly watching your back if you're going to get jumped mm-hmm. or going to get sliced or a day right. somebody's going to do something. Because I always had really long hair, like down to my knees, until recently that I cut it. But it was just always the envy of that. And I used to look at people like, you guys have a car, you guys got a big apartment. We lived in a studio apartment with a full-size bed, me, my mom, and my sister, one bed. We slept until no I was way. 15. Yes. So, and then I look at these people, I'm like, why do you, why you get you're jealous or hating on me? I don't got nothing. You understand? But you know what I realized a few years ago, mm-hmm. they saw my purpose before I even saw my purpose. Amen. Wow. But now you graduate high school. And, you know, everybody thinks they're a big shot when they're 18 because you're an adult now. Now, where is your heart? So I graduated high school. Um, I had got a job that was giving me, I would think I was making 
$13 an hour. This is 1998. That's a lot of money. Yeah, $13 an hour. So I thought I was the it's girl. So of course, I didn't go to college uh, when I graduated high school. Because during that time, my mom decided to move to Florida with my little sister. It's just me, my mom and my sister with my little sister. And I didn't want to go. I felt like Florida is not for me. And my mom was like, are you going to stay out here? And I said, yeah, mind you, I didn't have a place. Um, And my mom was like, all right, I'm going down there. And I didn't want my mom to stop what she really wanted to do because my mom never worked over here um we was always on public assistance and they gave a, a job opportunity in florida to work in hotels as a housekeeper and you know i said go i said don't worry about it i'll figure it out that was at 18 um and since i was working you couldn't tell me nothing i was making 13 dollars. i thought i could buy a penthouse by that time. <laughs> i'm like good girl i got it don't worry about it i mean go 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 um so during that era of I would say 18, 19, and almost 20, I didn't have a stable home. Yeah, my main question is, where did you stay when she left? Yeah, so I used to stay in different places. I had a bin, which I call it gandungo, those plastic storage bins with my clothes. Oh. And wherever I decided to stay, I would just grab a little clothes here. But um, what I ended up doing is I, I was in a relationship Um and the relationship ended, but I kept staying in um, my ex-boyfriend's family's house because I didn't have a place to go. So, um, yes, so that was really tough era. Um, and during that time, of course, at 17, 18 and 19, well, 18, 19, I would say I really did like stupid stuff because I didn't have my parent. I didn't have my mom. So I was just, you know, going out, working, you know, coming to work with no sleep, hanging off the, my desk because I was a receptionist. You know, I'm like the face of the company. <laughs> so, you know, at that time it was just clubbing, um, just hanging out, doing ridiculous things that to, at today I'd be like, girl, you, I, somebody tell me to do the things. I'm like, Hell, I'm a punk now. Uh-uh, I'm not putting myself in no position like that. But during that time, yeah, I didn't have, Stability in the 20s was really kind of tough for me because I didn't know who was Janitza. Wow. I didn't know. And the amount of guilt that you felt at such a young age, I mean, that must have been a lot to carry. I think our 20s, you know, they say that our 20s are times when we get to make a lot of mistakes. I still make mistakes in, you know, in my 30s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I, I kind of want to tag our 20s as something else. I don't know. Maybe you could help me come up with another name for like what our 20s should be. But I mean, every single every single era we learn lessons. But there's something about the 20s. I think it's like with a touch of innocence. You know what I mean? Yes. Like we're, ju- we're just so innocent during those times. And everything feels so heavy. Yeah, the pressure is different during the 20s. I felt like is the pressure not only from yourself, it's from your family. Like you're 20-something. What are you doing with your life? What are you, where, where are you going? What is this? What is that? So the pressure only you give yourself because now you're looking at your life. Okay, I'm 20. Where am I going left? Am I going right? Am I walking straight? What am I going to do? You know, then you start looking at your future. Like, 
now you realize that's why it's hard when you graduate college to be like, what do you want to be? You really don't know, mm-hmm. you know? So isn't within your mid twenties, like, okay, this is what I want to do. And even with that, you could go to college and graduate. I have a degree in accounting and a degree in business management. I don't do none of that degree. <laughs> I don't work in that aspect of in my life, but I got that, you know, that was, um, I went to, I ended up going to college at the age of 21 because during the 18, 19, 20s was really tough for me. And that's where I met my son's, my kid's father. And he's Nigerian um, and I'm Puerto Rican. But when I met him, this is so funny. When I met him, I thought he was Dominican because he's like light skin. So I said, "Uh uh-uh, not another Dominican in my life because I've been through too much. So I gave him the wrong number. He might say a different story, but this is the story. I gave him a wrong number. I switched the last two numbers and and I left, right? I said, oh, hell, I'm walking. "Mm -mm -mm." And I never thought I was honestly like a a black guy's girlfriend. Like I thought I was always going to be with a Spanish dude, you know, because I'm like, (laughs) you know, the type of Spanish girl. <laughs> so I never thought, so when I was, uh-uh. so we, he bumped into me, we bumped into each other like a couple of days. He's like, oh, I called that number. Didn't it? I said, what number I gave you? So I'm like, oh, no way. It's not 19. It's 91. Cause I switched the last two. He's like, wait, hold on. And he calls my phone like right there to the rings. So I'm like, oh God. He's like, oh, you know, he moved from Queens and he was now in the Bronx and blah, blah, blah. he was working in a clothing store. And I was like, oh, okay. He was like, oh, you know, let's just hang out. And this is the time, you know, my mom had just got back from Florida. So, you know, I was like, all right, we'll do a date, you know, whatever. And 20 years later, the date is still <laughs> So I always tell him the joke, you did some African voodoo on me. <laughs> but, you know, he's an amazing guy. When I was having conversations with him, I felt, so dumb because he's so intelligent math wise history wise and I'm like okay I need to go back to school you know because I felt like really like low like because the conversations were totally different from the dudes I used to deal with or the dudes I had conversations with like everything was like oh let's go drink let's do this guy's conversations was like um, we're re- I want to retire at 36. I want to do, you know, like, so I'm like, oh, wait, 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 I need to go to school. So the good thing was, you know, we got together and he offered to, for me to go to school. He's like, go to school. Don't worry about working. Just focus on getting a degree. So I'm like, well, I said, I need to work, you know, I need money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember January 8th, which is my birthday. Um, I turned 21. I, back then it was the yellow books, the yellow pages. Yes. And I was going and I, I heard of a college that was nearby. I called and they told me at 6 p.m. today they were doing placement tests the same day of my birthday. I'm like, okay, I haven't been to school in over two years. Never having like I haven't opened a book and a test. I went, I got it and I got into the, the school and I started that um, following semester. And that's where I finished and did my four years in school, worry-free. I was still working, but I was like not working like, oh my God, I need bills because really... I end up moving in with my kid's father. Um, and that's the joke because he said, I never asked you to move in, but you know, I had nowhere to go. <laughs> then we end up getting our first apartment, had our first kid. And, you know, to this day, sometimes I, I think about, you know, and I'm going to be transparent because I have told my husband this too. Um, I said, did I 
force myself like you know into this because I didn't have nowhere to go hmm. and I you know like but of course he, he he's been amazing we've been amazing and love was does definitely involved but sometimes you think about like what about if I would have taken another route and then now at this age I realize God put him in my life to detour me because wow growing up where I grew up in the Bronx you saw um pimps in the street my friends you know in the street selling their bodies full-blown naked girls in walking in the street because that was Hunt's Point I, in the Bronx that's what you used to see they did even a, a HBO special many years ago on Hunt's Point and you know they had strip joints so it was easily to get you you know everything was easily to get you to that route right. um not that I ever thought of it but I because I used to see it like oh my god that's crazy but you know it could easily drag you there you're you know those spirits easily can take you yeah. there especially when your surrounding is all that so I felt like he was put in my life to just give me that detour and I thank him all the time because I was like if I don't think I've ever met you I don't think I would have had got my college degree I don't think I would have been where I am now because he's he's always like pushing me and pushing me and because I, I always doubt myself I'm like no I don't think that's right. he's like yes it is go you know so during that time of 20 you know so I never got to live alone that's one thing I regret I'm like damn what is it to live alone you know because I just felt I was jumping from a relationship to another relationship just and I felt like I was looking to fulfill something Mm-hmm. you know that uh, a void that I had and I realized that it was because I didn't have a dad mm-hmm. present so but now you know having God in my life has been amazing and I was seeking to fulfill that void through things that I shouldn't the shopping the going out the drinking all that stuff and realized that God was the solution to that void like he fulfilled that instantly in in a transformation so amazing that I'm like oh I had to go through all that and I just had to go right here real quick. Like this, this was the quick answer and I had to go through, but sometimes you got to take those roles. Yeah. You know, you got to go through those mountains. You got to go through those obstacles. So to build yourself more, you know, God is amazing, but God doesn't give it to you easily because when it's given to you easily, you don't appreciate it as much. So, you know, during that era of my, in the twenties was, you know, me finding out, um, that's when I decided to go to college. I had my first son at 23. It was tough. Um, because I was 23, I, I could say I was mature, of course. You know, I was in college. I would, you know, my son was only three weeks old when I graduated from he's in the in in the audience and I'm walking across the stage with my bachelor's degree and he was only three weeks old. And I, you know, that was that was crazy. I'll hold up. You stayed in college while you were pregnant yes I stood through throughout my whole pregnancy in college a full-time student full-time student and working after no I, yeah I did the morning um shift I mean the morning classes and then I'll work evening in a hospital I was doing the evening clinics at Jacoby Hospital which is a really New York a big New York City hospital and I was working the evening clinics being pregnant and all. So my son was three weeks old when I graduated from college with a bachelor's degree. I was walking on the stage and I think that was one of my. <laughs> so. It's okay. Honestly, that was one of my 
best feelings ever because I felt like I, I accomplished something, you know, like for my kid at that moment. I'm like, I'm walking down the stage and I have a, th- a three-week baby like in, in the audience, even though he was small, but I'm like, I'm gonna remember that. I did that, you know? That's something that I could pop and pat myself in the shoulder and say, I did it. Being pregnant, I did it, you know, working. Of course, I had the help of my my kid's father. I quit my husband. We're not married, but quit my husband, declaring it in the atmosphere. Amen. <laughs> um, so seeing that that was one of my great moments that I can say. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah. you don't have to apologize. I I think for me, I think listening to everything that's happened so far, it was such a great moment because you felt like you did it. Yes. You did it. Después de todo, after everything, after every single loss, after every single, you know, um <laughs> clothes that you borrowed because you didn't have your own after every single thing that was robbed from you after every single you know apartment that you had to just live in and take your bin in after it all you finally did it you finally did it that was one of my you know best best days ever wow wow you're 23 you have your baby now remember you have a passion for fashion like this is how you express yourself. Now, I think sooner or later, what happens to a lot of us, me included, is we lose ourselves. Yes. <laughs> and then you're smiling because you know what I'm about to ask you. Talk to me about becoming Ooh. a mother, juggling everything you want, your purpose. You know you want a career, but you have this baby. You know you love clothes. I'm sure during these times, God is giving you already visions of what he wants you to do, but you may not be mature enough to deliver them. So how did you now as a mom proclaim that you're more than a mom? Well, let me bring it back to when I had my first son. Um, Of course, during all this time, I was still dressing up. So, you know, with a little bit I had, I was still looking like I had money. one of my talents always look like I have money when I really don't <laughs> so during that time when I had my kid um my self-esteem dropped um of course because your body changed I was no longer a size 24 or two in jeans and now I had my stomach you know my my whole body started changing and the clothes started filling not fitting the way I'm like okay wait this don't fit now I have a muffin top like I never had this so now I had to figure out ways to you know hide it let's let's just put it that way hide these all these floors that we thought was bad like oh now I have a muffin top now I have a stomach now I'm not flat enough now he's gonna not love me my body's different so now you have all this stuff like okay, I'm not, I don't feel pretty. I, I'm tired. You know, you, you're, you have a newborn, your, your boobs hurt. You, you, you don't have the energy to even, you know, be intimate with your significant and other, cause you're just tired. You know, at, at the same time, I was still working, had a newborn, you know, so yeah, I was still working and do, not because I needed to, it's just, I wanted to, you know, I felt like I always have to 
had to prove myself um, that I could do it. I always had that attitude. Um, so during that time, my self-esteem went really low um, until I just decided to start wearing clothes in different ways, looser shirts, nothing tighter. Because I now I figure, okay, now I don't have the body like I was when I was 21. Okay, yes, I'm 23. It's only two years different because I had a baby. Our bodies changed. You know, our bodies went through a traumatic process of having a baby, carrying someone inside. So I had to realize, okay, now I'm a mom. Um but I didn't want to let go of who I was because I'm a mom. You have to be dressing a certain way because you are a mom, you know? So I was like, okay, I'm going to put my tight jeans. I'm going to try to stuff myself, but now I'm going <laughs> to do a looser top. And that's where I came with the whole um, aspect of um, the ratio of loose and um, tight. Like, I feel like you can't do tight, top, top tight bottom you always have to give it give me a loose top with a tight bottom or a loose bottom with a tight top because it just helps your body better so i i'm like you know what okay i'm gonna still wear my jeans because i love my skinny jeans and now loose you know wear looser sweat a sweater or a top and it still made me feel like okay it was hiding that part but i was starting to feel much better throughout you know growing up and being a mom and you know and of course, people are looking at you different. I proved I was. I felt like I always had to prove myself. So, of course, um, Chi Chi, which is my first baby, he, he always laughs because he's like, "I was the guinea pig." I said, "You sure was." I was learning with you, you know. And I'm still learn. Even he's a seventeen. I'm still learning. I still tell him, "I'm now a brand new mom to a seventeen years old." And then when you turn eighteen, I'm a brand new mom when you turn eighteen. And when you and because you're my first child. So as you growing and learning, I'm learning with you. So yes, you might be the guinea pig, you know, but in, in good intentions, not in bad. I'm not going to be like, well, let's just jump off this roof just to see, you know, but I learned with him. I learned a lot with him because during that time we didn't have a car. So I had to take public transportation with these big strollers. It wasn't the little cute little strollers that we have now. It was big strollers taking public transportation because we didn't own a car. We were still, you know, in an apartment. We didn't have what we have now, but we were happy. You know, we had a, you know, a small little family. We were working, we were doing striving to get something. So during that time, you know, it was, you know, me just trying to find myself again again yes because i think once you have a kid it's just reinventing yourself again now you're a brand new mom okay now you have you can't focus all on you it's on your kid but at the same time i learned this later on you gotta you gotta put yourself first take care of your 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 health and your being and then your kid because if you don't have the energy you're feeling down it's gonna trickle on your kid and i have learned that i was then i got a job in, I was working the welfare system. I was a case manager there. I ended up going to a temp agency and they placed me as a receptionist at this welfare office. And I remember it was May, I, I got placed there. And in June, someone they were like, you thinking about case management? I said, my degree's in accounting and business management, case management, I've never done case management work. And they offered, they was like, they have openings. I went for the interview, became a case manager at the welfare office in the Bronx and then became an assistant supervisor. They then became a supervisor there, then became the coordinator of that department. 
I moved up so fast, but moving up so fast came with a lot of things. And it came with people not liking that I'm moving up too fast. Mm. And during that time of me working in that organization was really rough for me. Um, they made my life a living hell, I would tell you. I'm going to honestly say it, but I'm grateful for the job, though. I was grateful for the job. But because people feel intimidated, and I'm going to say sometimes when you're Latina, you speak two languages, and the way you carry yourself, people feel intimidated. And I told myself, I'm not going to dim my light to make you feel comfortable. This is who I am. And I always had that attitude, like, I need to prove it. I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. But not to prove to anybody. It was to prove to myself. Like, I am always was always afraid. Like, what will people think? What will people think? What will people say? So I was, like, always, like, they're, like, go get it. I'm, like, you know what? I could do it. I'll apply for the super, assistant supervisor. I've never been a supervisor. So I'm, like, I could do it not knowing what I was getting myself into. Then there's like, oh, they have a promotion. They're gonna promote to your supervisor. I'm like, bring it. Then to run a whole department of 23 case managers, all women, that was really, really rough. So during that time I got pregnant with my second son, Matthew. And during that pregnancy, it working in that job was really tough on my body. Um, I was due in September of 2008, my son was pushing down my cervix and wanted to come out in April early. So I remember driving several times in my car, pregnant, like, should I run this car over this bridge? Should I take this car and just slam it to this concrete wall? Because I, my job took me there. And it was affecting my kid, my pregnancy, you know, because I was, I never, I had a wonderful pregnancy with my first one, didn't have morning sickness. Everything was beautiful. I loved being pregnant. Um, and I, I, lo- I love, even with Matthew, I loved being pregnant, but I, the, the way I was working, the stress of it was horrendous. And I know if some of my old coworkers hear it, they're going to be like, it was, it truly was. It was really bad place. Not that the work was hard. Not that it was tough. Yes, imagine dealing with Bronx clients, welfare clients, you know, fighting for their food stands, fighting for their food, fighting for you to pay their rent. You know, yeah, that aspect was tough, but it wasn't that. It was the management of it. Like, it was just, it made it so stressful that I really thought at that time to take my life away over a job. So I decided, yeah, I decided to, once I gave birth, um, I said, I don't want to, you know, cause I took maternity leave and it felt good being on maternity leave. I, I took it for three months and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to go back to that job. It was so stressful. I was like, Oh my God. And then having another baby, two kids now in this job, just taking all this. So, um, I decided to save during that time, which is hard. I'm not a saver. I'm a shopper. I, you think <laughs> I'm budgeting. I really, I'm really bad. But, but here's the thing. You have an accounting degree. Yes. And I, <laughs> I could decor your house. I can organize everything. Me, if I turn my computer, you see my, my mess of clothes. You're like, girl, but I could do that for everybody. When it comes to me, I struggle. So I said, let me save money. I'm going to save money and leave this job. I left the job without having another job. And 
um, I said, I saved enough for six months. I said, it probably takes me six months to find another job. You know, I'm, I was telling myself. So when I was home with, now I have two kids. I left my job with another, another job and I'm home and I'm with these two kids and it's just these two kids. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is more work than the last job. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, God didn't sprinkle the housewife in me. I need to be out. So I left my job in March. By May, I started looking for a job. No way. Like I was like, oh, I kind of like it. I felt good picking up my son from school because I didn't have that. I was working nine to five. So I was able to drop them off, my older one, to school. But I wasn't the one to pick him up and stay with him to do homework. You understand? So when I left my last job, I was able to take him to school, pick him up, have dinner freshly ready for him, sit down, do homework and give him my undivided attention. And I can tell you, like, now I see the difference with my older one, the way he writes, his handwriting is beautiful. Because I used to, he used to do it. So I'm like, that's ugly. You write again, that's ugly. So I used because I had time, like I had time to sit there and make sure you perfect this. My second one, <laughs> that one, because by that time I had another job. So it was like, this is too much. I can't, I don't have the energy. But it felt good at that moment, picking up my kid from school, doing what mom's supposed to do. But then within May, I realized, okay, this is not for me. I, I need to get out. I need to interaction with people. I, you know, I need to get dressed because being at home, you wasn't getting dressed. Like you just, you st I started gaining weight because I'm always at, I was always at home. I wasn't taking care of myself. So that I need to, I need to get out. I need to find a job. And that's where I found the job that I'm working in now. Um, they had, I applied for, I was just applying for anything just to get out, honestly. So I applied for data entry to something and the girl, the lady's like, um, you overqualify for this. <laughs> I, you don't have it? Like the position, I need to get out. Like, so she was like, well, um, I have a case management that's, she just, um, she said, she just, no, she told me I overqualify. I'm, I'm lying. She told me I overqualify. I went home. Uh, three days later, she calls me that one of her case managers just resigned. So she was like, I know you have experience as a case manager. So I'm like, perfect. So I went in for the second interview as a case manager. When I went there, um, no, it was, you see my memory. Sorry. She called me. She's okay. like, I have a position that was open for a patient navigator. She's like, it's brand new. We don't know how it's going to work with the Department of Health because they started giving um, people, um, patients, patient navigators to navigate them through the health system. So they were just reinstating that program in different hospitals. So she was like, they just gave it to us. Um, I don't know what it entails. Are you interested? It pays this and this amount. So I'm like, sure, give it to me. So the first day I started the job, the first day, um, of course, she's new to the to the title that she gave me. So she, my director didn't know. She just gives me books. She was like, read this, take this um, online course, read this. So I'm there. She was like, well, go to lunch. I come back from lunch. When I come back from lunch, the case manager was there, resigned. And she calls me in the office. I'm like, okay, it's my first time. Why am I in the office? My first day. So she's like, oh, one of my case managers resigned. I want to give you the position. It pays this amount. It was about $10,000 more. So I was like, okay, I just started for, as a patient navigator and she's offered me case, uh, case coordinator. So I'm like, 
Okay. It, which is, it wasn't called case manager, but it was case management, a case coordinator. So I'm like, okay. So I took it. Um, so she announced, she comes out. She was like, great. I go back to my desk. I call my husband right there. I'm like, could you believe I just started this job and they offered me another position as you know, mm-hmm. and I hung up. So when I hung, he's like, get out of here. So I took it. It's $10,000 more. You know, I'm like, it's money. Yeah. You know, money. So the the director comes out and tells everybody, well, um, I just offered the job to Janetta. Forget it. Because other people wanted the job, the position. Oh. So there was like, I said, I'm not starting another job with women and not, I'm not. Right. Going this. But I end up being, um, you know, I said, I end up, with the position and it's been, I still been, I'm still in the same position. Um, and it's going on eight years that I've been working as a case coordinator for cancer patients. And I love it. I really do because compared to the last job, I don't take work home. Mm. Um, not stress. I love my patients. I love what I do. And I feel like my fashion, like people who sees my Instagram be like, she works in the fashion industry. (laughs) Even my neighbors will see me in the street like, she got to work in the fashion industry. And I'm like, no, I work with patients. They're like, the look I get, like, patients. And I'm like, yeah, but my patients love it. They love to, like, I bring them light. I bring them light. They're like, oh, my God, I need to dress like you. You know, these are people who lost hair because mm. of chemotherapy and radiations. And, you know, their body deteriorated during that time. And you hear just uplifting. Yes, you look beautiful. Like, you're going to, oh, my God, if you wear it like this, if you do it this way. So, I, I, you know, I really, really love my job. But the other job, I had to leave it. Be- even though I really loved m- the people I was working with. But I was coming home so stressed that I was taking it out on my kids. Mm. And my older one really took the bl- blunt of it because everything he did was annoying. I remember one time he spilled juice. I did a picture of iced tea and he went to the refrigerator through and, you know, couldn't because it was too heavy, spilled the whole thing and I lost it. And I told my husband, mm-hmm. I said, I need to leave this job because I'm going to end up in jail mm-hmm. or dead. You know, so it's tough as, you know, it's tough to go through, you know, you want to be, you want to do good in life. You want to have a career and then you're a mom and, you know, it's like, you're, you like, okay, do I stay making money because I got kids, but I'm not happy or do I leave it and be a mom? But then you realize, okay, you're, you're still not happy, you know, being at home. So it was just, it, I was going through a really tough, tough moment until I really found myself in this job, which I, people hate it when I say, I'm like, I'm on vacation, but cause it's not stressful. It's really not stressful. And it gave me the opportunity to do what I do, what I really love to do fashion. You know, it kind of tied in because now I speak to my patients. Like, of course I'm speaking about their diagnosis and stuff like that and making sure they, they be navigated and have the insurance and stuff. But at the same time, I'm uplifting them at the same time, I'm allowed to slowly enter God into their lives. So I'm like, God put me here for a reason. The other message is uh, you can't save everyone. That's Jesus's job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I'm not here to also change people's mindsets, you know, 
But one profound thing that ended up happening through all of this, right? So your husband builds his business, you have your second baby, you realize that you are not in a good place mentally, emotionally, you need to get out of the house, you get your job, you get promoted in a couple of hours, everything's launching, everything's great. But there's a part of you that is not being flourished as much as you would want it to be. Nobody's seeing like the real juju. Nobody's seeing all of these outfits. And your outfits are like the way you express yourself, right? And I'm sure you're at a place where you're like, man, if I could just make a blog or if I could just inspire other women to do this and to do that, like, yeah, but like, I'm also in my 30s. Who wants to see me? I know that these are some of the thoughts that you're having, but it's like there's still an empty box. There's still a a box that's not being checked off. So talk to me about when you started Juju Style, when you started this and what were people saying? Okay, so first when you said people pleaser, I was definitely in that role because I felt like I needed to please people and see who I really was because people always portrayed me as conceited. Um bougie or I got it all so I always had to please no 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 it's me I'm down to earth it's Juju I'm funny I'm a clown I like to make people laugh like I was always having to please people like no this is me this is and I realized um like you know I hate to use this term they were not my target audience you know they were not the people for my path they were not the people for my season so and being with that, being told, you know, thought, oh, people are going to say, you know, people think I'm conceited. People think I'm bougie. People think I have it all. So when I did decide to do the platform, I was hesitant because I'm like, okay, people are going to think I'm doing it to show off what I got. Um, so I was hesitant for years to do it. I always loved fashion, but it, I was hesitant for years because I was afraid of what people how would they gonna view this did you say for years for years yes because I was you know social media opened up I don't know when IG opened but I had a personal IG page and I once in a while will post my outfit right and I remember I have a good friend of mine that she's like oh I was waiting to see what would Juju wear that was where her thing and I I applaud her and I I'm grateful for her and I appreciate her in my life because she's one of my pushes to do what I do now um but I was like okay I have some people that really want to see how I what I'm wearing and then I have some other people that hate what I do and take it a whole different aspect you know a whole different way and I realized they gonna there's gonna be jealousy there's gonna be envy because they don't understand what I'm doing that's a lot of people you see a lot of people hating on you or jealous is because they don't understand what is your purpose and they're not the target audience for you they're not going to understand it because if they're not for your journey they're not for your season there's no way they're going to understand it so what pushed me to juju styles i'm going to be blunt with this i wanted to do it too because i wanted to be released that i was mr blueprint's wife roland's wife I wanted to be seen like I'm Juju, Janitza. Wow. Because everything that I had, even though I bust my behind for it, people were looking at it like, oh, you got this because of Roland. You got this because of your husband. You got this because he has a store. You got money because, no, I bust my behind every day. No one went to take my finals. No one did my research papers for me. 
no one went to school and and walked with a big belly through the snowstorms. No one took public transportation with strollers and and diaper bags. No one did that but me. So I felt like I need to do something to release myself and let people see Juju. And that's why I hold my name Juju so much because I felt like, yes, I have the name Janita and I'm blessed with the name Junisa and my mom makes my uncle's name and my aunt's name, he was Junito and she's Maritza. And she went, put it in a pot and came up with Junisa. It was that or Cleopatra, honey. I'll take Junisa. <laughs> so I just felt like I needed to let the world out there. Even if it's a smaller world, even if it's just a smaller part of, of the world, I needed to people to really see who Janissa was since she was young. This girl that loves to get dressed, loves to celebrate life, loves to dress up like it's her birthday each and every day. Like I needed the world to see that. And I wanted to prove that because you're a mom, because you are a certain age, you don't get right off. You don't get, there's no reason for no one to write you off because you're a mom. There's no reason for nobody to write you off because you're 38 years old when you're creating this blog. I was 38 years old. It was intimidating. Yes, because all the bloggers and influencers, tall, skinny, blonde hair. And I'm like, okay, here's this chunky little girl. <laughs> I would say little, cause I was just, you know, short girl. Five, you know, yeah, five feet on a good day, you know, and, you know, not with the body that you see, you know, not with the hair that you see, not with the skin color you see. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do this because I need to prove that because you're a mom, because you have a busy lifestyle, because of everything that's going on, you still need to take care of yourself because it's going to trickle down to your kids. It's going to trickle down to your relationship. It's going to trickle down to everything else that is tied to us. So if we don't feel good about ourselves, it's going to make everything else might crumble that's behind us. So if we get up every day, and we take care, even if we're working from home, even the time I was working from home, I was still getting up, still getting dressed like I was going to go outside. Even if it was just my front door. They were like, but where you going? <laughs> I'm like, to check the mail. <laughs> like, where, where you going to the supermarket? Because I, it made me feel better. It reminded me of during that time when I didn't have clothes. And I look now, I'm like, okay. At 14 years old, I was borrowing clothes. I was digging in someone's hamper for something to wear. And now I have brands, brands and companies just, Juju, I want to send you clothes for you to style it. I want to send you a bag, accessories. And I'm like, God, do they see that I'm five feet? I'm not a model. Like, I'm like, do they know that, <laughs> you know, I'm 40? <laughs> like, but I realize that they see my purpose. They see, you know, what I do. Sometimes I, I hesitate. I, I won't say that I'm, I'm at a stage where I, okay, I know I got this. No, there's times I still struggle. Even with the podcast, when you call me, I'm like, what the? How do I, what, what do I do? What do I talk? Like, I never did this. You know, I, I, I kind of doubted myself, but I'm like, Jenna, you are a talker. You love to talk. Like my husband, I was telling him, I'm like, hello, I'm, today's my podcast. He's like, you got this. And I'm like, 
he's like, what is it you got to do? I said, no, we're going to talk. He's like, girl, you got this. So then, you know, before he left, he prayed, we prayed together and, you know, I felt like, okay, I got this, but even if I could do this for three years, I could do this for 20 years. It still comes that we're, we're human. It still comes that, that little doubt in you. Like, can I do this? You know, but to realize that I was that girl that didn't really have it, but showed like I had it to now to everything I have accomplished and doings, I can tell you honestly, open-hearted that I love what I do. I, I am at the happiest stage of my life. At 40, I can say I'm living my best life right now at this aspect. Of course, when I had my kids, they were the joy of my life. But for Janitza, for Juju, not as a mom, not as a wife, not as a daughter, not as a sister, but for myself, I'm living the best life because I realized that during this process, I had to lose friends. I lost friends when I started doing the vlogging. I lost people. I know people look at my page like, oh, she's just doing this. Oh, here she goes again. And I realized during that process, not your friends and family, not the ones that are gonna support you. Your biggest support has come from strangers. Your biggest support has come from people you don't even know. And I, re and I know that God puts these people in your path for a reason. I have lost people, but at the same time, I have gained so much more. And doing what I do each and every day, and I do it consistently, is it easy? Absolutely not. Do I make a mess in my room trying to find my outfits to, you know, to for the week? Absolutely. And I bring a diverse of versatile outfits because it expresses. Today, I can feel I'm going to dress up and feel like I own the building. You know, I have an outfit like that. Tomorrow, I might be like, you know what? I feel Bronx today. I'm wearing a sweatsuit, a, a fitted hat and boots because that's the, how I woke up today. You know, so yes, I take out my, my weekly clothes every Sunday. It helps me, you know, because we're everything we more than a mom, right? We're chefs, we're therapists, we're doctors, we're secretaries, we're teachers now, <laughs> forcefully teachers now with no degree, but we're teachers. We, we wear so many hats and especially during 2020 has been really tough, especially for moms. We take, we took more roles in our lives. And I, I was reading something that the, a lot of moms had to, leave their jobs in order to stay home with their kids for this um homeschooling you know this virtual and you know I I get women all the time messaging me and I realize that this platform is not for fashion I'm touching people if anybody opens my dms and I don't really share a lot of things unless you know I'm like you want me to post but if anybody sees this we there's a lot of broken women and I find it shocking that someone could be open with another stranger, that you can't even find someone close to you for you to tell them I'm going through this because you know why? They're gonna judge you. So you'd rather go to a stranger and say, I feel broken, I don't have no confidence. I, you know, looking at your page makes me wanna get up and you know, you get these messages and you're like, wow. You know, things that I was back then feeling, now I'm on the other side telling these girls, no, get up, get dressed, 
do what you got to do. Focus on you. You got this. I have people who message me like, oh my God, I want to open this. I don't know how. Listen, I'm not a big blogger. I'm not. But the little knowledge I have in this, I'm not holding like, and meal, and meal. This is mine. It's working for me. I'm keeping it. I'm not like that. God knows because if God gave it to me, then there's a reason for me to share it. God, God had all the messages and he didn't keep his message to himself. He went and spread it out with Jesus and the 12 disciples. Jesus had 12 followers. So followers don't matter. He had 12 followers too, because you know why? You know, this is one thing I, and I get, I get so angry when I have other influences that try to do this. I'm better, whatever the case may be. But I tell people, they're like, oh, there's a bunch of bloggers, there's a bunch of influences. I, and I tell them this sin, it doesn't matter. You have someone you're going to target different. That's why God, Jesus sent 12 disciples because Jesus probably couldn't talk, talk to these people. So he sent Paul, he sent Matthew because they were not going to listen to Jesus. They're going to listen to Matthew because of his delivery. Wow. So my outfits might not target you. You know, it might not be for your body type. It might not be for your test your way of te- um your te- um taste of clothes but if you do it you might target that person that doesn't really like the way i dress so the it's open there's wow. a room for it there's room for everybody everybody has that target audience and i use this word but i don't like it because we're not entertain you know we're not entertainers to be like target audience but it's a community it's a tribe so you're gonna build your community that's gonna appreciate you so my goal was to break that glass ceiling and say you know what because i'm 40 because i'm a mom doesn't mean that i actually i have to stop taking care of myself doesn't mean that i need to stop dressing because oh you feel intimidated the way i dress the way i present myself no this is who i am and a lot of people tend to dim their own lights because they're afraid of other people and i'm here to tell you do there's no reason to dim your light when you have god you will shine in darkness wherever you at wherever you at regardless because people are gonna be attracted to the light not everybody some people you know could clash with your light but even if it's just that one person that you inspire because, and it's so funny, through an outfit, you know, through a piece of clothes, because God uses whatever. God could use a coffee cup. God could use a dog, you know, to give his message through. So even if it's just this sweater that you feel like, oh my God, I need this top right now because it's loose and it's going to cover this part of, you know, then let it be. So me doing my blog really really i i would say has been really so so great it it has been so good and the thing is that i started with taking pictures in front of my mirror of my outfits because i'm like okay who's gonna take my pictures so and then i got my son to take my pictures he quit on me then i got my husband every morning he'll go to the gym i'm like i'm dressed i because i i get dressed in the morning and i find a place or location take pictures then rush to my nine to five so go to the gym and I'm like, I'm ready. He's like, where do you want me to meet you? I'm like, meet me down the block, but this, this, this. we'll take pictures and I'm rushing to work. He gave up on me. <laughs> During quarantine, he went on furlough and never came back. <laughs> so now I see myself, I'm like, okay, okay, how am I going to do this? So I, per- um, my godson gave me a tripod. He gave it to me and I'm like, what the hell is a tripod? How am I working this night? Here comes a tripod. I played with the tripod. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I was in my house creating little spots and getting dressed and still posting each and every day. And I will tell you, 
um, 2020 has been an amazing year. And I tell my household each and every day, we will not curse 2020 because we're still alive. We're healthy. We have a roof and we have a job. Yes, we have lost loved ones. Yes, a lot of people went through a lot of things, but we would not curse 2020 in this house. And ever since we were quarantined March 15th, we, we, that's when we were officially quarantined that we weren't able to come out. God told me, take your family and pray every night at 10 p.m. I'm like, 10 p.m.? Wow. We've been praying every night. And I'm not here to boast myself or nothing because all the glory goes to God. Every night at 10 p.m., my kids, my husband, and my dad pray every night for an hour. Wow. Even with churches being closed, we are the church. I created church. So not only are you a mom, not only you got to take care of your household, you got to protect. Even though we're women, when, you know, the men is the authority in the house, but sometimes the woman is the peacemaker. And unfortunately, when you look at church and you look at who are the main followers of Christ, it's women. Because we're emotional, wow. we need that attachment, we need that, that, that sense of healing and, uh, you know, that sense of security. And I think God gives us that. So me being that we were going through this aspect of quarantine and COVID and everything that was happening, I said, you know what? God gave me this. We need to comply with this. And we have been complying and we have been seeing the fruits of it. I've been seeing my kids, you know, I tell them every day, come with a verse, read the verse and let me know what it meant to you. We worship and then we pray. I have seen the language of my kids differently. I have seen my husband aspect towards God. He didn't have the same relationship I have with God, but I see it much better. My dad tells me if it wasn't for this, I don't think I will open the Bible as much as I do now. Wow. So I said, you know what? And I told my, I told my family yesterday, I said, we're in the ninth month of us praying in the ninth month of this pandemic and women give birth in the ninth month. I think something's good is going to come before the year ends to this but women, moms, we need to just get up, take care of ourselves. Self-care is very important. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people think self-care has to do with going to get a massage and a facial or mm-hmm. getting a mani and pedi. Self-care is within yourself. And I think 2020 has taught us to mm-hmm. look more within ourselves. And I think with 2020 has made me realize you could do this. I'm a one man show. I take my own pictures. I do my, I do, I post everything. I do my contacts. I do my hashtag, like everything I do, I do it by myself. Um, and I realized God wants me to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's people that offer me help. I'm not going to say I don't, nobody offers me no help, but there's something that God is telling me do it by yourself. Mm. And sometimes it's so we can realize that all the glory goes to him. We don't, mm-hmm. You shouldn't be like, oh, I did this by myself. And no, you didn't. Because if you have God in your life, you're not doing it by yourself. You're not, the strength doesn't only come within you. My strength comes within God each and every day. Because sometimes I'm like, I don't feel like getting dressed today. <laughs> you know, it's not every day that I feel like, oh, today, there's days I still post. Mm-hmm. um, And I feel like crap. There's days that I feel, you know, and I'm going to be transparent real quick. 20 years in a relationship and not married and not married can break someone Mm -hmm. because sometimes you feel like am I worthy Mm -hmm. am I woman enough am I wife material so there's days that I you know it touches me like "Mm, I'm not I'm not that great 
But then I realized, you know what? God, I leave it in your hands. It's been in your hands for a long, long time. But isn't God timing, right? But I just, I'm so grateful for women like you for being so open, being so just like in your transparency, your nakedness, and really reminding women like me that we're worthy and uh, spreading your truth. And so before I let you go, I ask all of my guests this question. You have 10 seconds to say everything you've learned the last 41 lovely years. What is your message to anybody listening? You ready? Yes. Okay, go. I would say continue to be your true self regardless. Always look in the mirror and see that you're worthy. See how amazing you are. Just look always at that girl and pat yourself and say, I did it. And I think when you look in the mirror, we tend to look in the mirror because we're looking at flaws. We're looking, is my makeup okay? It's, but when we need to stare in the mirror and look in our inner selves and say, you know what? Look where I'm standing. Look what I'm doing. Look who I am now. And I think once you look within yourself and feel that good in yourself, it reaps throughout and the beauty just flourish out through the outside and you're going to feel much better. So during this 41 years of my life that I'm about to be 41, I look at my inner self and just be like, you did that. You You did it. You did it. Amen. Juju, thank you so much for joining me. Sis, I have so much love for you. I love your message. I love you. I love everything you do. You have such a beautiful and profound story. I want to thank you once again for being on my podcast, One Day at a Time, also known as ODAT, the place where I love to interview the true hustlers of the world, women like you. Thank you, Juju. Thank you so much. It's an honor. It was an honor. Thank you. Thank you.